Hello and welcome to another episode of Running the Race Podcast. RTR is a ministry of First Baptist Church of Gonzales, Louisiana, and strives to provide a pastoral perspective on living the Christian life in our day. To learn more about who we are and what we believe, head over to our website, www.fbcg.net. There you can access more episodes of the website, view or listen to sermons and services, or use any of the other great resources we have over at the site. Our speakers today are Jim Law, Senior Pastor of FBCG, and our Minister to Students, Alex Ray. Today's topic is Parent Discipleship. Alex and Jim start by affirming that children are a blessing from God and that the goal of Christian parenting is salvation. Next, they discuss how the church can come alongside parents but never replace them. And finally, Jim and Alex cover some practical ways that parents can disciple their children. This is Alex Ray here with Pastor Jim Law, First Baptist Church of Gonzales, and we're talking about a timely topic uh, today. And as we approach Mother's Day, Jim, thinking about what it means to be a parent and not just what it means to be a parent, but specifically what our role and our responsibility is as a parent um, and what it means to disciple our children. And so I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on this as, as you've got um, a couple more children than I do, and you've been a parent longer than I have. And so I'm, I've, um, the, I have a couple of small children, and your, your children are older than mine. And so we're trying to think about okay, you're you're in a different stage of life with them, and I'm I'm very much in the beginning, uh, the beginning part of the game, as it were, and what it means. Uh, trying to figure out how and what it looks like to disciple my children. My my son is two years old, and so we're, we're thinking through this with my wife and and my my beautiful little girl, just a couple months old. And so as we think about the future, this is this is an important question in our minds uh, for me and my wife, and and you. You've, you've kind of been through this a little bit, and yet I would imagine you're still learning as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can't think of a, a more challenging undertaking than, than, than parenting. It's humbling. And uh, just uh, uh, we have six, uh, ra- uh, and their ages range from 30 to 12. And so um, it's been quite a journey, and, and I'm just uh, so thankful for um, the, the blessing of children. It's uh, been a tremendous in my own spiritual walk and development with Christ. I, I remember um, what it mean, what it was to to be a young dad, and I have a great sympathy for young husbands, young fathers, and uh, just want to encourage them. And I think that's what the body of Christ is for—to mm-hmm. encourage one generation, encouraging the other. Let, let's start with this. Let's 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 make a countercultural statement here, Alex. Uh, children, the Bible says that children are a blessing mm-hmm. from the Lord, a heritage, a gift, Psalm 127. And not only are they a gift, uh, they're given by God to us to train. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. And so, you know, as I'm um, 30 years into fatherhood um, with adult children, things are changing and uh uh, and yet, uh, still having two at home, it's um, an ongoing challenge. And uh, w- we have a responsibility. What does it mean to train up your child in the way he should go? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, and as Christian parents, we um, we want to um, disciple them, and that can be an intimidating thought. Sure, you know, some are, well, disciple. You know, that's for the professionals. Right. You know, and what we're wanting to communicate as pastors is no, we could never replace, the church could never replace uh, um, parents as the primary caregiver, spiritual in, input in, mm-hmm. in a child's life. And we don't even try to replace them. We want to supplement what they're doing.
So I think early on that was something we wanted to form in the DNA of our church that we would provide we would provide teaching and equipping uh, for parenting for parents to disciple their children and you know just thinking about home life uh, something Swindoll wrote years ago is that home is not where you put food in front of everybody's face three times a day a place where you make make up beds or vacuum the carpet or clean up garages home is where we learn about God mm-hmm. we we learn his ways we learn to trust him and hopefully see before us the consistent walk of faith lived out before us. Right. And so we're going to look at just a moment at um, uh, Deuteronomy 6, where Israel is charged with that from Moses and the law to, to disciple your children, not, not in a lecture hall, mm-hmm. um, but in, a, in, in the home, right. when you ri- rise up, when you walk in the way. Right, day in and day out, uh, being active in the lives of your children. This isn't a passive endeavor by any means, but it's something that takes intentionality. It's something that takes effort, something that uh, where a parent is making that decision where they're saying, I'm going to instruct my child. I'm going to find opportunities to talk with them. I'm going to, to be intentional about connecting with them. Um, and uh, and, and that, it's one thing to say that. It's quite another to, to do it. Right. And sometimes, uh, for for many, it was it's a uh, that's an awkward uh, transition in home life, you know, and, and and it may not always be well received by your children, <laughs> right? But nevertheless, you're pressing on, and for that to be, you know, really uh, the the message that carries the day in in in, in how we live, mm-hmm. um, you know, I want to just say on the outset too, uh, what we we never would want to replace parents. Uh, or could replace them. That's not our our calling as the mm-hmm. church or as pastors. Um, we want to support, and certainly I think of, of single parents, mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful for those that are in our church. And um, just to, you know, to do that alone would be a, a tremendous challenge, and to see them Seeking to obey God is a is a beautiful thing on a weekly basis. Right, right. And you think think about it from a numbers perspective too, as far as the idea that we can't replace. Uh, and again, nor should we try. If you if you imagine that the average child, uh, let's say they come twice a week for somewhere between an hour and two uh, times um, a week, so you're, you're looking at somewhere between two and three, two to four hours a week on average. Assuming they come to to your routine um, uh, functions and services, so on, on the high estimate, you're looking at about 156 hours a year uh, that the child is going to be inside the church building. That's less than a week. It's only about six and a half days, and so the every other part of that year is spent at the home, is spent with the family, spent with the parents. Again, underscoring the the need and the reality that the the church, the pastors are not the primary caregivers, mm. the, the, the primary teachers, it's the parents. And mm. so we, we want to keep that in mind. And also I think of children who who have absentee parents, uh, unbelieving, uninvolved parents. Mm-hmm. What a, I'd love to see our church come around uh, uh, kids like that and su- and support them and nurture them in, in the in the spiritual care of the body. That's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing to see. Let's maybe transition, Alex, to um, talking about parents uh, discipling their children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mentioned Deuteronomy 6 a moment ago, and that's a, a powerful statement where uh, the, the Scripture reads, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So 
that's the Shema, or from the Hebrew word Shema, which means to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and, and with all your might. And Jesus would take that and say, this is the greatest commandment. Mm-hmm. And to love your neighbor as yourself is second right. like unto it. But he goes on in, in Deuteronomy 6 to speak about te- teach diligently to your children. Talk, um, you shall talk of, of them, the commandments of God. You shall talk of them when you sit down and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. And I, I love the the relay of the truth and the flow of life mm-hmm. rather than go attend the class. You know, we need that kind of training. But in the home, look at how it's described in Scripture, to fear the Lord, to love the Lord, to learn the ways of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of, I think, eases maybe some of the discomfort um, that, that can be there in, in the heart of parents is, you know, we want to honor God and yet maybe things don't flow as nat- as naturally, naturally as we, we would like. And so mm-hmm. to come back to th- this is what God wants me to do. So how would that practically look uh, in home life, Alex? Yeah, I think one of the things that we maybe uh, there's a, this idea perhaps uh, where we only want to have these kind of conversations at big moments, at big times or big milestone moments or big decisions in life. And so we're trying to make college decisions. We're trying to make uh, life, big life choices. And that's where we're going to sit down and have this serious talk. And then we're going to maybe at that point relay some biblical truth, which is, which is good. Or uh, in addition to that, what if we looked at it as an ongoing conversation where we're trying to redeem Every conversation that we have, every uh, just um, just the, the the daily rhythm of life, trying to bring it back to scripture in some way, shape, or form, um, and and one of those ways that we can, and, and that way, it's not just, just a uh, this monumentous conversation that needs to happen when they turn eighteen, but rather it's an again, it's an ongoing conversation that you're having all the all the way through the childhood. And I think one of the ways that we can do that is that when you when you come together as a family on a Sunday service or even a midweek service, uh, whenever it happens to be, that you're reinforcing what they're hearing. And so they, they get involved in a connect group or Sunday school and, they, and they're, they're teaching something, they're learning something there. Uh, and then they sit into a, a, ma- a main worship service and they know, you know, like we're walking through Romans right now and so we're walking through Romans 1. There's a lot to talk about there, especially in, especially in today's society. And so uh, I, one thing a parent might be able to do is, is to, to have an ongoing conversation throughout the week on what they've already heard because it's easy mm. for us to forget. Yeah, uh, We need to be reminded. I, I think, you know, in looking at what family devotions look like too, I mean, just the, the power of reading the Bible together. And we've, uh, we've had devotions for years, family worship for years. And uh, something that's been really refreshing in uh, the last couple of uh, uh, years anyway has been um, just reading the Bible uh around the around the circle you know everybody has two verses and so we're we've read through um major books of the bible and the children are participating in that and then it it provides easy um time for discussion from the topics that come from the actual reading so are you doing that at a separate uh time or like around a dinner table or uh... no that's uh at the la- in the evening time 
Okay. Um, but I, I think a family needs to determine when that is. Um, I think using wisdom with it as well. Mm-hmm. If it becomes a spiritual discipline, like we're a family who reads the Bible and we're a family who prays together. Mm-hmm. And this is when we're going to do that. And we're talking about the Lord and other aspects of life as well. I think, you know, parents in their zeal can uh, can make family devotions a, a, you know challenging. Sure. Um, you know, if I'm reading Second Chronicles uh, before the the you know the evening meal and that that's that's not wise sure um so um if you want to eat four hours later <laughs> so, so i think you know bringing bringing them in letting them to letting them participate i think um the use of catechism mm-hmm. you know often we've relegated that to that's a catholic word sure it's not a catholic word it's a very much um a you know an evangelical word. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would think about this recently. I think Bible drill is almost a form of catechism. Mm-hmm. They're having the question, the, the students having the question they have to answer, they have to look at the passage and they yeah. have to recite it. That's in some form a, mm-hmm. a type of catechism. I think too online just to, to do a Google search on Baptist catechism. Mm-hmm. Um, the Heidelberg catechism is really accessible. These are question and answer type uh, doctrinal. Um, uh, resources mm-hmm. th- that help to define our faith and could be um, helpful around the d- dinner table. Right. Uh, and right. And I was thinking some more about uh, devotionals recently. And, and again, we're, we're, my wife and I are having this conversation about our two year old who, who's uh, I think becoming, uh, trying to be, up, be able to where he can sit down and, and do some of these things. Um, you know, uh, I think about some of the reading plans that are available. Um, you, you mentioned the two chapter or two verses for each child uh, for your family, and I was thinking how like the uh, the McChain reading plan oh, yeah. mm-hmm. is, is devised uh, to be read at the family. There's four chapters a day, right. two chapters to be read by in private, uh, two chapters to be read at the family, and then you're all on the same plan, all on the same page, on the same plan. Um, together, I also thought about uh, Spurgeon's uh, morning and evening devotional, mm-hmm. where you, you can divide that up again. To fam- maybe maybe you do want one of those by yourself, one of those at the family. All all sorts of different ways that um, that you can that you can utilize that ma- that material. I think maybe Alex too. It would be important to to say you know what's the goal of all this? Uh, what's the goal of parenting? I, I remember hearing um, Ted Tripp in his um, series on parenting. Uh, say that the, the goal of parenting is salvation. Mm-hmm. We can't bring that about. That's a supernatural sovereign work of grace, but we can set the table. Right. And that is the goal. It's not merely behavior modification. And, you know, um, I, I think, uh, sadly that the prevailing attitude among modern evangelicals is kind of a, a sense of delight. If our kids, uh, leave their teen years and if they're, they're not on drugs, Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not binge drinkers. They're not, she's not pregnant out of wedlock. Um, they haven't taken a trip to the abortion clinic and there's a sense of gratification that we've done our job. You know, if we get to the end with that kind of, and we're, we're thankful for these things when they're realities, mm-hmm. but ultimately it's not, um, behavior modification. It is that we would know the Lord, love the Lord, fear the Lord, mm-hmm. walk in the ways of the Lord and seek his kingdom. And so our guiding and training and setting the table with spiritual food is for that purpose. Right. That, what you just said reminded me of what Christian Smith uh, called back in the mm-hmm. mid 2000, the, the moralistic 
moralistic therapeutic deism, this idea that the very shallow understanding of God, he cared about you being good, you know, not, not all these things. They're not not, yeah. not getting pregnant when you're in high school, God, uh, God not really there unless you really need him when you're in a bind. And the very shallow, there's a lot more to it, but it's very, it's very shallow understanding. And we, we, we should want more for uh, than that for mm-hmm. our children. Right? I remember reading years ago, Michael Ferris, I've always appreciated him. He's a, a sharp mind. And he said, no, no army general would ever try to train soldiers in the haphazard way we, tra- we, we try to train children. Yeah. So I think a podcast like this to remind ourselves of what the goal is, what God has said. Right. Um, that parents are to be the trainers of their children. Right. And um, is, is, is very important for us to take in and... Yeah. And you know our, our failures are not final. I'm so thankful. Our failures are not final. Mm-hmm. In parenting or anything else, because of because of God's grace, we can begin again. Right. Begin anew. Right. And last night's devotion may have been a spiritual war. <laughs> um. You know, but this is a new day. Right. And we continue to pursue what we know God has called us to to pursue. Right. And when you, when you say when you mention failures too, I think that ties into to an important truth is that when it comes to parenting, and, and again, going back to the question, how, how can we disciple our children? Uh, one of those ways in relation to failure in particular is to admit when you're wrong, that yeah. to be able to, to, it's easier to double down on the, on your mistake than it is to should own up and say, yeah. I, I was wrong. And so I think we should admit when we're wrong to our children, we should, when we're wrong to our spouse, maybe perhaps when appropriate, you admit when you're wrong to your spouse in front of your children yeah. when it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're, you're demonstrating uh, what humility looks like. You're demonstrating what forgiveness looks like. Uh, one thing I, I, I've certainly seen time and time again, I know that you have for sure, that your kids are watching. Uh, my son is a little copycat. And he, the, the, every little thing, even things I don't even notice that I'm doing, he does. And so I should imagine what that's going to be like even a couple more years from now where he sees the things that I'm doing, even when I don't even realize it, and what he's going to internalize and the habits he's going to develop for himself. Again, coming back to this idea when we when we admit when we're when we're wrong, I want my son to be able to do that. Mm, right. I think that the, there's great power in saying, you know, um, please forgive me. I, I I shouldn't have lost my temper. I um, shouldn't have done that. Right. Right. Because if we don't, and we present ourselves to be, you know, bulletproof and beyond error, it breeds a frustration, and children can see right through our hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. And so parents are commanded in two locations, uh, called Colossians and Ephesians and Colossians. In Colossians, fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Mm-hmm. And, and then in Ephesians 6, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. And I think one of the ways that we do that is by um, n- not admitting when we've, when we've made mistakes, when right. we're wrong, right. not, not confessing our sins. And... I think of other ways that can happen as well. Um, children desire to be protected, even though they don't seem, you know, very happy with boundaries. Uh, so you have the balance between overprotection and neglect, mm-hmm. and both are wrong. Unfair comparisons, mm-hmm. um, indifference toward them, uh, pressure to perform at, at levels that are just not realistic, or right. um, devastating criticisms. Uh, John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, once said, I, I know that my father loved me, but he did not wish for me to see it. And that should not be true right. of, um, of of Christian parents. Right. 
And so that's, um, there's so many other ways that we can continue to think about um, what it means, again, to disciple our children. And, and before we before we start thinking through application here in just a moment, I, I do want to touch on um, a, a couple of other ones that I think are really important, especially for today's uh, youth and one who, as I, as I work primarily with youth, I, I see the need um, for apologetics. I mm. see the need for being able to discuss current events, uh, specifically through a Christian worldview. And so with those ideas in mind, you know, we, I, I think it's our responsibility as parent to point our children to the authority of Scripture, that you know, we're all listening to something. We all have something that we hold to be authoritative. The question is, what is it? Is it pop culture? Is it music? Is it Hollywood? Is it, you know, is it whatever it happens to be? Or is it Scripture? And so I, I think there's a lot of um, really great, some green grass and green pastures for, for us to be able to have these conversations and engage in important and significant um, social issues or, or, or current events and stuff that's going on and be able to have that conversation with our students and thinking through those through a robust and systematic Christian uh, worldview. Uh, engage and not, not shying away from difficult subjects. And maybe when those, and maybe when, if and when those difficult subjects come up, if, if we don't know what the answer is, I think one of one of the three be, three best things that we can say at that moment is I don't know, and so again you're you're, you're demonstrating humility, and so uh, and you're showing that you don't have all the answers. You're you're wrestling with this too, and I think one of the great things you can say is I don't know, but let's think through this together. Mm. Let let's look at what Scripture has to say about. And this. And I think that's one way that we come alongside parents um, as pastors is, mm-hmm. you know, they're dealing with an issue. Um, I know um, in recent um, months. We've had a request for uh, transgender help, mm-hmm. um, uh, the the whole uh, LGBTQ plus, um, right? Uh, the, those issues uh, and how they've been pressed on on our culture and right. Uh, so I think to be able to walk through those with biblical responses, to be able to communicate to our children, you may have you may you may be hearing this scoffer uh, on YouTube, but there there is a reasoned response. To, to whatever criticism comes. Mm-hmm. Our faith is is rooted in a God who has moved in history. Right. Um, Jesus Christ walked on this earth. He died. He rose again from the dead. And these are things that we can we can aff- affirm without hesitation right. um, and receive them by faith in the living God. And so to be able to walk through that with our kids, because when they see someone on TV, on the internet, and the popular culture... They seem larger than life. Yep. And they, they miss it. Well, everybody thinks that way. Yep. Uh, no, let's walk in to see the error of that. Yep, absolutely. And so YouTube is a big medium for children today. Um, TikTok is still around. Uh, Instagram is Yeah, if you're getting well. your theology from TikTok, that's a problem. I mean, just um, what's spun there and on the internet. Right, you know. and so again, as parent, how, how how do we encourage our students to think through our children rather to think through these things in a Christian worldview? There's so much to talk about with mm-hmm. that. I mean, that is just a an open door uh, for conversation. Think about uh, when it comes to apologetic issues and current events. And, so one of the things that I, I would encourage parents who are listening today is, okay, I'm facing this with my kids. I don't know, even know where to start. Well, that would that would be a great time to email us or right, contact sure. us. And uh, how would you go about this? And we won't give you reams of material, sure. uh, but you know, to give you a basic outline. And this is how we would approach that. We have uh, those little booklets in the foyer that mm-hmm. we. 
uh, commend um, on dealing with tough issues, but also would recommend um, YouTube is a wonderful resource for answering theological questions, uh, rightly guided. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm so grateful for that resource. uh, Right. That's available. And that's another, it's another, yet another reason why we champion connect groups. Yeah. Because you have people in your group, in your connect group, that, that are doing life in the same, at the same pace that you are, in the same area that you are, and you guys are able to help each other and build, and build each other up. And so I, 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 we think about apologetics, we think about reinforcing Sunday sermons and, and midweek services, uh, family devotion, being able to admit when we're wrong. Um, you mentioned praying together. Uh, it's important yeah. to do as a, as a family. Uh, we want to want to be a, a family that prays, not just not just over a meal, although we certainly should, right. but but one that prays together. Yeah, um, making making an intentional decision to do that. I, and, I, I think going back to you know here, what we hear on Sunday too, just making that a discipline to bring into lunch on Sunday. Right. Sunday after church, right? Absolutely. What'd you take away from church? Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that ought to be prime going in. I'm coming to receive, right? Um, rather than the attitude, I dare you to bless me. Right. <laughs> you know, sure. You're coming to receive. What What does God have to say through what we sing? What's What's taught? What's right. preached? And I, and I was thinking, uh, real, real briefly, briefly, as you mentioned a moment ago, that our, our ultimately uh, our identity is in Christ and Christ alone. That our, our grades aren't what's going to save us. Our um, our looks aren't what's going to save us. Our job's not going to save us. Ultimately, I want my son and my daughter to know that their identity is in Christ and that that that's what matters most. That when they graduate and when they leave my home, whenever that is. I want them to know. I want them to know Jesus more than anything else. I think of that great declaration by Paul in Romans eight: "There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus." Right. And uh, you know, just to to understand faith in Him, union in Christ is the greatest security I can know anywhere. Right. And He never can condemns me. Mm-hmm. I think the importance too of of doing life together, being involved in in their lives, and. Mm-hmm providing guidance and mentoring and asking God for wisdom day by day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and so when we think about, you know, moving forward with all these things, um, uh, one of the things that came to my mind, is, again, we mentioned this earlier, but you know, as parents, we need to be active in the lives of our children. I, I can't tell you how many times I have seen, uh, it's just sobering and sad to see the effect that an absentee father has on mm-hmm. a child. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so damaging. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we're called to be, um, to, to be involved, uh, not to be passive, not to be sitting on the on the sidelines, but be, but to be intimately involved yeah. with our children. It's quite a statement when Paul said in Ephesians five one, "Be imitators of God as dear children." And I think about the role of of being an earthly father um, that we we should long to be like like our great God mm-hmm. and um, to learn His ways and to pass them on to our children. Charles Swindoll. Uh, wrote these powerful words. Um, what, whatever else may be said about home, it is the bottom line of life, the anvil upon which attitudes and convictions are hammered out. It is the place where life's bills come due, the single most influential force in our earthly existence. No price tag can adequately reflect its value. No gauge can measure its ultimate influence for good or ill. It is at home among family members that we come to terms with circumstances. It is here life makes up its mind. We want to be careful, though, to, to underscore that it's not by our fine parenting that our children will enter the kingdom of heaven. It's not by going to the right church, although that's important. 
Our hope of success in family life is not a result of going to the right conference, the right church, uh, the right protocol. Our hope is the Lord Jesus Christ and His grace. And we need the redeeming love of the cross poured out daily upon our families. And may each one of us enter the ark of salvation through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Running the Race Podcast. To find out more information about our church and ministry or for more episodes, be sure to visit our website, www.fbcg.net. If you're listening on iTunes or Google Podcasts, a positive review would really help us out a lot. Thanks for doing that. And if you found the podcast to be interesting or helpful, recommending us to a friend or family member that you think would benefit from listening would be a great thing. We look forward to seeing you again next time. Once again, thanks, God bless, and goodbye for now.